Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. I'm here with Randy Freak. Is that how you say your name? Real close. Freaky. I pronounce the E on the end. You, you pronounce the E at the end. Randy Freaky. Uh, yes. Randy Freaky is the author of the book, America's New Revolution. But I, that's not the only reason I wanted to have Randy here. Randy is somebody that is politically engaged. And for anybody who follows my sites, know that I believe in a particular phrase that says political involvement should be a requirement for citizenship. And the reason I say that is because a lot of what's happening in our society today is because too many of us refuse to be politically engaged, irrespective of the whether you're on the right, left, middle, top, bottom, or whatever. And uh, when I heard from Randy, I, I, I was impressed. And then he said he wrote a book. said, that's even better. Anyway, Randy, welcome to Politics Done Right. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, look, tell me a little, first of all, tell me in, in, in a couple minutes a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, I've been involved in Colorado politics for many years. Uh, in 2004, I ran for Congress from Colorado's third district as a Democrat at that time. And then shortly after that, after um, I left the uh, Democratic Party in 2010 and then became a uh, very proactive independent voter, independent uh, voter activist. And so, um, which kind of brings me to uh, this point now where I, um, I've now offered, uh, authored a couple books, uh, of course, America's New Revolution is the latest one right now. So, um, yes, I've been very active uh, in politics, uh, you know, at the state level here in Colorado, as well as nationally. So, now, I understand. Uh, let me interrupt for one quick second, because there's something that I think you, you let slip by when you spoke to me. And I think you said that, hey, I was talking about that in that way of voting before it became Vogue. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, okay, I think what um, I think the important thing here that I'm trying to probably emphasize and as an independent voter, as far as um, one of the organizers of the movement, um, I call it a movement because um, millions of independent voters have been disenfranchised considerably over the last few years. And so I became more engaged politically as an independent uh, in um, trying to get uh, recognition for independence. Now, in what, way, in what way would you say that independent voters are disenfranchised? Well, I got two numbers for you. Mm -hmm. 2016 mm -hmm. uh, presidential election. In that, uh, in, those, in those primary elections, 26 million independents were denied voting. Also similar in 2020, just now, this, this, this year, um, relatively close to that same number were denied access because a lot of the Democratic uh, and Republican parties are closed primaries. Independents cannot vote unless they, they register to vote that one party or the other. So that's, that's what we're trying to overcome in this movement. Now, do you consider that 
um, if you want to vote for a Democrat, then why not just register as a Democrat to vote for them? And if you need to vote for a Republican, vote. Well, I guess it's because you may want to vote in one in one set of races for one side and then another set of races for you. You don't necessarily want to restrict yourself to one side. Well, correct. I think one of the things about Colorado passed legislation a couple of years ago where um, independents can vote in uh, they can choose whether to vote a straight Republican ticket in the primary or a Democratic ticket. Uh, so they opened that. I call that a semi. Uh, some people might call it semi-open primary. I call it a semi-closed. I, I think but, I more agree with you in that regards, because I think you should want to be able to choose uh, maybe in the attorney general, you have more interest in, in what the Republicans have to offer. And then maybe in the uh, in, in for a representative, you may have more interest in what the Democrats have to offer. So, yeah, I, I see your point. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things and then to go, actually, I want to move. Um, basically, one of the things that we campaign for as independents right now in this movement is that we want to go to a totally um, nonpartisan open primary system mm -hmm. in every state or even nationally. So, um, and I have just proposed, and this is in my book, um, in the last chapter there, where I, I am proposing that we go to, that we have uh, a national independent voter presidential primary. So we have our own, where we can get our own candidates in front of the American people. And so there's, so we're not trapped into that, uh, what I call the uh, party voter prison, right. the Democrats and Republicans. So we're trying to escape that. And, and I feel uh, that if we can establish independent primary, this is going to be, uh, obviously, it's going to make waves with the two parties. But that's the idea. That's what we want to happen. We but don't, won't you then it. consider, uh, uh, to be honest, Randy, if you if you do things that way, wouldn't the, uh, the independent just become an independent party, a party called the independent party, just like you have a Democratic Party, you could call it whatever you want? I understand. I get that question a lot. That's pretty normal. You know, I, we're trying to avoid the party label. Because there's, we have such a broad spectrum of, of political interests in the independent voters. I mean, we're all over the spectrum, mm -hmm. left, right, middle, whatever. So, uh, so we don't want to narrow our focus into a party per se. We would prefer to stay a strong movement and develop the nonpartisan primary system and then advance as well into the independent uh, primary system oh, so that's that's kind of what this is what i do this is what i'm really uh excited about and, and making moves towards that goal in 2022 and 2024 okay let's let's go ahead and talk some about your book because i find it i, I find your table of content is quite interesting and i actually i i i, I like it um uh what's the Thank state you. of our union yeah the state of our union yeah it's not good um, and the problem is the two party systems have, have, uh, come to this gridlock that we've come to be familiar with over and over. So we've got to get out of that gridlock. We've got to get 
um, independents, third party people more into the uh, national political scene. Uh, so we've got to get the, the Democrats and Republicans, we got to get out of that trap, get out of that prison system that they've got all Americans trapped in and, and move away from their system, which is obviously not very good it's now. Bipolar. You know, I, I, I kind of have a feeling that this is one time where if you had more protagonists, meaning if there were more than two parties, uh, we would know that you have to make a deal to get things done. When you just have two parties, it's yes or no, and uh, it creates a problem that way. So, uh, you know, I, I think I, I think that's pretty much it as well. Now, the state of Trump, why did you create a, a whole chapter called the state of Trump? Well, that's, I mean, it's kind of amusing, actually, but um, obviously I don't recognize Trump as a president. Um, because uh, he, number one, he's not qualified to be president, mm -hmm. and that um, you know, he, basically, his presidency just created so much chaos that you know, uh, you know, this is part of the problem with America is that you know he took over basically the Republican Party, mm -hmm. and it's not Republicans anymore, really. It's, it's Trump's. It's yeah. Trump's party. It's the party yeah. of Trump. And so um, his thing is to create chaos in America so he can do whatever he wants. Now, so, the man yeah. got 74 million people, Randy. Uh, tell me something. Uh, are those 74 million people Trump people or are those 74 million people uh, just a small fraction, really, really, or just Republicans that have to vote Republican in their minds? Well, I think that part of that's true. I think part of them have to vote. You know, they must vote Republican because they have, especially the uh, establishment Republicans. Um, I mean, I have to give them credit. They really got out the vote. But, um, but you see, we're just dealing with those same two parties. Right. Uh, antagonizing each other. And uh, now keep in mind that the, the votes were high, you know, Biden and, and uh, Trump got a tremendous amount of votes, but there's still a large segment of voters, registered voters in America still that didn't, didn't vote. vote. Yeah. There's about a hundred, I mean, we're talking millions of right. Americans did not vote in this election. Yeah, I think at least 75 million, we could have gotten at least 75 million more votes or so. Okay, Wall Street right. and the wealthy, or rather the establishment economy. I think, I don't know how comes you had those two chapters separate, the establishment economy and Wall Street and wealthy economy. It seems to me like those two should be merged together. They were before. Okay. <laughs> so I, I separated them just to, to focus, uh, have focus on, on both of them. But um, um, yeah, I think, you know, our economy is, you know, it's structured, it's, uh, the wealthy 1% basically own our economy. And there's, there's no trickle down. We have to fix that. And when you've got Wall Street, um, the two parties um, working for Wall Street basically right now, um, the 99% or Main Street Americans don't have a chance economically in this system. So we've well, got to change it around somehow. No, I like that you have that you actually have a, an education in America, and I think that that is something that people don't quite understand. And I think we discussed that a bit on our in our in our um, show today, where we actually said that um, our education. One of the problems that we have 
is that we've dummified America. So we no longer think about how things work anymore. And because we don't, these guys can, I mean, the only reason we have Trumpists versus people on the left, even as they really support a lot of the same things, is because there are two different narratives that are done by on, on purpose to keep people separated. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, um, yeah, I agree with what you said there because it's um, American people basically need to find different, uh, I call it, uh, as far as the economy goes, um, I like to look at it as creating, we need to have innovation in banking for Main Street Americans. We need to have innovation in jobs. Um, and this is where, um, you know, what I call a new deal needs to be established for Main Street Americans, not the 1%. This new deal should only be for the 99% or Main Street, Main Street Americans who are struggling today. So I, we, we have to um, develop a second level economy, if you will, where um, Main Street Americans can borrow money uh, easily where they can, you know, build a house, own a home, home ownership, you know. Uh, so the, so this, this is part of the transition, I believe, in is to uh, overcome inequality. We need to start there and uh, start working on different levels of economy for Main Street American people and not the wealthy 1%. So we have no, to develop I, a new economic system to support the 99%. I'm very glad that you actually said new economic system because the reality is our economic system, um, I mean, there are, a lot of, there are a lot of good economists out there that believe in things like collectives and, and these other forms of uh, having more employees involved in, you know, stakeholders in the businesses that they work. Right now, they're stakeholders, but they're treated just like, uh, you know, uh, I just call it slaves. I think most yeah. corporations treat their employees like slaves. But it, it, even as they keep it in a sort of an antiseptic fashion, it's one of my phrases I use that piss some people off. But I really think that, that, that until we take more control of our own jobs, our own security, which we are the ones who do, um, exactly what you talk about is what we get. 99% of the people fighting for just a small percentage of the capital. Now, um, what, in, as, as an economy, how would you envision a transition to a different economy and what would that look like? Well, I was going to bring this up. Um, I, one of the new concepts that I came up with um, is, um, is called an economic union. So what if we establish an economic union for the 99%? So that becomes, that can become their own economic system where you have uh, Medicare for all mm -hmm. you have, uh, you know, education can be uh, free or at least uh, the cost reduced substantially. And these are some of the things I point out in my book. Yeah. I see the uh, chapters, including the Bernie Sanders chapters that, that I imagine discuss a lot of that. Yes, right. And then, um, so, you know, all of this, um, it, the other thing is, there's other, one of the other things I came up with, um, I mean, our government wastes so many billions and trillions of dollars 
that we never see, you know, never trickles down. Uh, and I, I developed a new uh, a system called quantitative sharing. Wow, I'd be interested in hearing that. What is quantitative sharing? I mean, it yeah, almost so like quantitative quant easing. Yes, right. Instead of quantitative easing that comes from, uh, you know, our, our uh, federal banking system, yeah. Wall Street, and uh, where they get their free handouts from from uh, the Federal Reserve System. Right. So anyway, so uh, this is one of the concepts I want to develop where, you know, uh, um, so much, uh, you know, where do all the government fines go? We don't know where the, that, those trillions and millions of dollars go. You know, they find Wall Street, you know, millions and millions of dollars a few years ago. Where did that money go? And that I tried to track them yeah. that. I can't find it. Right. So, so there needs to be a, a, a fund or a system called quantitative sharing that um, where American people like Wall Street that cheated so many of us back in the, the uh, 2008 uh, depression, they call it depression. It was. Depression. And so that money needs to be shared with the American people. It doesn't go to the military. It shouldn't be going there. It should be going into uh, maybe a dividend, if you will, uh, to the American people. So, uh, you know, we're the ones that got cheated. And usually, I mean, this, this system is set up that way. But so that's just one concept that can be plugged into a new economic system for the 99%. So that's just one idea. Now, it's interesting because... Um... A lot of things that you hear people like yourself talk about, especially folks who've written books that actually, and the reason why I say uh, written books is one of the things that you have to do when you write a book is sit down and analyze something because, you know, when somebody's reading through the book, they're going to want to make sure that you're not just writing stuff off the, you know, that you understand the concepts that you're going through. And I think uh, those of us who write similar books, we always end up at the same place. And that is, the economic system is rigged, and not only is the economic system rigged, is to unrig the system require a massive change in the way it operates. And I think uh, that scares a lot of people. And until we find a way, and you can tell me if you agree with that, but until we find a way to express a, 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 a smooth transition where people won't starve, or people won't lose their homes, or people won't lose their cars until we can establish that transition that says, look, the average person is going to do just fine. We don't, look, we don't want that, that wealthy person to really feel a hell of a lot of pain, but we just want to let him know or let them know one thing, and that is that the pilfering is over. Yes, right, right. No, I agree. And I, I start out the book by saying how that the, our, our economic system is rigged along with the political system is rigged. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, the economic system is rigged against, you know, the average American. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't have a chance to survive in the capitalist economy the way it's structured. Well, and, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't read your chapter on, on um, you know, on where it comes to the economy per se, but I, I think that I can prove mathematically that the capitalist system is unsustainable. I mean, mathematically yes. speaking, right. it's not sustainable. And until we come to that realization, 
and put it in a form that people can understand that it's a house of cards that has to cave periodically. And, you know, people like Richard Wolf, the economist, talk about that a whole lot. You, it, it, it has to go through that transition where it collapsed so that there's something to build again. It's by design. Right. Yes, very good. And I totally agree with that. And it's, um, you know, where does it all end, you know, for the capitalist system? Um, you know, Wall Street and uh, the Federal Reserve and members of Congress who are owned by the major corporation, right. you know, set this up for us. And so we have to figure out a way to get out of this system and, and be successful on our own financially. And, and that's one of the things that motivates me to, you know, to dive into this uh, dialogue about the economy and, and, you know, create a new deal just for us, the 99%. Right. And we need to get there in a hurry. Because the uh, and I'm glad that you just said that. You just said something that's very important, Randy. You just said we have to get there in a hurry. And here's what I'm, uh, why, why I love that. Because as it turns out, right, we say capitalism is not sustainable. Unfortunately, it is sustainable within the next few decades or the next few, maybe 100 years or so, because there's so much more that can be exploited. There's so much more left to exploit. Yeah, right now, Americans are feeling the, the pain of, exploitation right we have there's a point that we exploited everybody else and we were getting the spoils from that exploitation they ran out of those people close by to exploit so we can exploit now that china has a growing uh, a growing middle class and india has a growing middle class and all the there are a lot more of them than there are of us here in america so there's a whole lot more bodies to exploit before it all comes down Right. No, that's that's an excellent example. Um, and I think one of the things that is coming, as, as you well know, you know, the climate change is going to change a lot of this. Mm-hmm. It's going to change our, it needs to change, our economic system needs to change, uh, adapt to a climate change. And of course, our national leaders are not real excited about the new Green Deal. You know, they're, they're really uh, um, working against that in Congress. Um, it gets a lot of lip service, but we need to see some real action on that. And, and um, I don't know whether we're going to get that with uh, uh, President-elect Biden or not. No, I, I'm no. not seeing that yet. I'm not seeing it. because this, this is one of my specialties is environment and renewable energy. Uh, so these are one of my areas of expertise more than probably the economic system. But these are two, my two areas I like to focus on probably the most because um, I, I like Bernie Sanders. You know, he wrote his own new Green Deal and then um, very much coincides with, with the uh, uh, Senator Markley and what uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, Cortez, what they endorsed. Uh, so uh, I think... You know, the progressives um, and the democratic socialists and, and all the, the progressive uh, people in the left need to really push hard right now. Uh, it's going to take a lot of hard work to get uh, President-elect Biden. I think we might have a chance with Vice President Harris. Uh, she's 
you know, warmed up to the new Green Deal early on. So uh, uh, hopefully we can, you know, get her ear and, and really work with her on pushing the new Green Deal. So this is, this is, this, uh, the new Green Deal needs to kick in as soon, soon. as possible. Because that's well, our new economy, right? There. Yeah. Now, now let me let me just tell you, Randy, because we're going to have to wrap up pretty soon. But okay. I, what I want to say is that um, I think um, uh, you know, what you said, it's it, it's it's absolutely right, right? Um, we have, but the thing about it is that what we have to do is the left has to coalesce first of all, and you know, not yes. be as the kind of left that we've been for so long, which is if you don't do it my way, I go form another group and we go ahead and we form another group and we form a, we have to coalesce. How, however many groups we have, in my humble opinion, we have to coalesce into something that is, uh, that has the same focus and, and maybe focus on two and three things. I don't know what you think about this focus on two and three things. We can, we can be disparate all over the place, but focus on two or three things and right. force that through. And then, you know, we can be as left as we want after that. Well, no, very good. No, that's an excellent point. And the nature of politics calls on us for, to, for us to do that. And so uh, we need to coalesce and, and form the collaboration among many people uh, to make this happen. So we have a lot of work to do. So um, well, look, I hope we can get there. We got to get out of here, but let me just say one thing. First of all, thank you for being on Politics and Right, first of all. Secondly, uh, one of the reasons for this platform is to make sure that all of us in the progressive space have, uh, we can get our, our vision out there and not only get our vision out there, but allow, you know, I'm going to make sure that your book is placed on our platform as well, because I think what's important, right, is on the right, you find that they are very supportive in in getting people to, to do the same things. I think that is something we can learn from that side and ensure that we have a, a more symbiotic relationship with all of those in the left, irrespective of how left you are or, or that sort of thing, so that we can go into one place. So it was my honor to have you on the program. Thank you very much for writing your book. When we process you. your video, your book will be on the screen too, and we'll encourage people to go ahead and get your book. It's always good to hear all different opinions that we can coalesce onto something great. Well, thank you very much. It's been an honor on this end too. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.